everyone, and welcome to Sugar Pills, your practical guide to self-care. I'm your host, Candy Washington, and I can't wait to help you lead a more joyful life. So let's get started on this week's episode. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Sugar Pills, a practical guide to self-care. So before we dive into today's episode, which will be a very lively and lovely conversation with Zoe Abbott. I wanted to remind everyone to like, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Don't forget to join me over on Instagram at Candy Washington and tag your aha moments and your insights and I will be sure to repost you. Don't forget to check out the show notes where you can find some free self-care goodies and be sure to click on the link that says the basic girl's guide to self-care and pick up some of my favorite things. So without further ado, let's meet Zoe Abbott. So Zoe Abbott is a financial expert, consultant, and entrepreneur. She specializes in helping people feel happy about their finances. And with her team, she has helped clients to eliminate over $50 million of debt while simultaneously building for their financial future. So I think this discussion is very timely and very relevant and will also be very meaningful to everyone listening. So welcome, Zoe, and thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I am. I feel very honored to be here. Yeah. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. Do you want to tell us just a little bit more about yourself, about your background, and how did you become you know, this financial expert and consultant? And I also know that you're rooted in abundance and mindset. So we'll talk about that a little bit further in the episode. But um, yeah, just tell us a little bit more about you. Yeah, absolutely. So my background actually was I worked in nonprofit counseling for over 10 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I was doing counseling, it was very apparent to me that the, the two main areas that people that I would, you know, talk to and run into were um, upset uh, and, you know, anxiety about relationships, family, sex, and so forth. And then also finance. And then a lot of issues that people would have in relation, in in relation to relationships and stuff like that was money or finance related. So it was very real to me that that was an area that people are just really suffering or they're having a lot of issues with. Right. Mm -hmm. Also, um, you know, growing up, my dad was, an entrepreneur and he started and ran many businesses. And I actually experienced him go through three bankruptcies mm. um, from like the, the first time I was like a toddler, the last time I was about 25 and he actually passed away of a stroke mid his third bankruptcy in his fifties. And so that helped kind of mold and shape my desire to help other people um, to understand finance, get educated and, and really have good, uh, stable foundations and plans and so forth. So I'm very, very motivated from a place of true help. And I have kind of experienced and gone through it myself. And it's very, very real to me. So, um, that is, that's really why I do what I do. That is kind of, I bring that, you know, because I was in the, the counseling background and stuff like that, I feel like I do bring, um, uh, an extra element to what I do. Um, and, and it really has helped me 
be able to create really great relationships with clients and, and understand them and know what works and just the whole mindset and so forth. Um, yeah, you know, so yeah, that's, that's a huge thing for me. Yeah. What it sounds like for me is that I know a lot of people who struggle in their finances, it usually is based around a, a mindset of, I'm not worthy. I'm not deserving. Um, I'm not smart enough. You know, everybody who rich it, that is rich is, you know, evil or bad or whatever. So they have this like negative energy and this negative connotation around money. So of course you're not going to be able to attract money if you believe that people who have money are bad, or if you feel like you're not deserving of wealth or you're not deserving of financial wellness. So I think it's really around that, um, that mindset and that belief system that people have. And then Mm -hmm. I also think a part of that, that, um, we're touching upon is that people feel a certain level of shame if their finances aren't in order. So they don't seek financial guidance. They don't go to financial experts. They don't get consultants because they think, oh, that's only for rich people. Only rich people, you know, have a financial coach or a financial expert that they go to, you know, or they don't want to be honest about where they are in their life when it comes to their money. So they either stay stuck or they repeat the habit um, because they feel ashamed of being honest about it. And I think the beauty of what you bring to your clients and what you bring um, to the, to this space is this feeling of like non-judgment and also this feeling of, you know, um, I've maybe not you personally, but when we talk about your father, you know, like I've been there too, I've seen it. So there's nothing to be ashamed of. You know, we've all been there and there is a way out and we can work through it together. So I think that's really great about, you know, what you do and and what you're representing. You know, people can come to you and say, you know, she gets it. I can be real. I can ask the real questions about my finances. I don't feel judged. And, you know, there's someone who, who understands me. So I really love that about what you're doing. Um, Do you want to talk a little bit about the difference between like having that abundant mindset versus that scarcity mindset? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I just want to make another plug, like yeah. the mindset thing that you're talking about is so real. In fact, mm-hmm. I have four blogs on my website that I put up that just go over that. And, um, and it's true. Like a lot of us can agree that we've seen people do a lot of evil things with money. And so, and even just growing up things that you're told or you're taught, or you see like money doesn't grow on trees or, mm-hmm. you know, money could be hard to, to come by. And yeah, of course, money does not actually grow from trees, but the fact of even saying that or acting in that way is implanting at a very young age as a child growing up as part of your education or or the way that you think that it's not abundant and it really messes people up, honestly, you know, and, and some people don't even realize how much these, these ideas and these thought processes and, you know, their early life education really affects their, their mind, their mind, their, you know, their thought processes and stuff moving forward. So, so yeah, I just wanted to like add to that. Um, one other thing that I was thinking of, like, as you were talking is that money really is a magnifier. And what I mean by that is like, it tends to magnify anything that's already existing in a person, their personality or whatever. So if you've got someone who's not a really good person and you give them a lot of money, it's going to be really, really more apparent of that. They're not that, you know, good in their actions. Right. Mm -hmm. But I've also seen when you give money to a really loving, giving 
uh, caring person, they're able to be much more loving, giving and caring. So I don't think like, I don't go into agreement with the idea that money is the root of all evil or that, you know, you have to be a bad person or something to be able to get at that level. I, I really think it's just a magnifier. So you're going to see, you know, that like, you're going to see more of that person's character by giving them a lot of money, you know? Yeah. Um, and-, and I've seen that to be the case a lot, you know? Yeah. And and to that point, like two things based on what you said that came up for me was, yeah, like the saying, it's like the love of money is the root of all evil. Like that's really what is true because what you love is what you based on what you value. So if you value money over, you know, being a good person or decency, or if you have a, you know, unhealthy relationship to money, then yeah. But it's like, don't love money, kind of be detached from it. And Mm -hmm. exactly like you said, you know, money is a magnifier, but I, I also look at like money as a tool and like sure. all tools, you know, you can use tools for good or you can use tools for evil. It just depends on whose hands it, it's in and what the intentions of that person is. So I totally agree with that. It's like also getting a new redefining what money is. If you can look at money as a tool that you can use to, to magnify who you are, then you come from a place of empowerment. You know, I'm going to exactly more money so I can do more of what I, you know, want to do or just use it as a tool to, you know, free up my time to spend more time with my family and friends or, you know, buy things that I, I wanted to buy or give to places I wanted to give. I'm going to use money as this tool to magnify what I value and who I am. So I absolutely love that. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a saying too. It's like, um, money can't buy happiness, but have you ever met a happy broke person? You know, cause <laughs> I mean, the truth is, is if you are struggling to put a roof over your head and feed yourself and your family, or you're always struggling and you're not paying your bills, like it's, it's impossible to be happy in that situation. You know, like you don't have to be a millionaire to be happy, but like, but legit, if you can't feed your family, I mean, it's not fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's not a good um, position to be in by any means, you know? Yeah, I think I think it's a delicate balance between deriving your happiness from money and things. Um, mm-hmm. I do think there are some people who you may not think of being as wealthy or rich who are like legitimately inherently happy because they derive yeah. happiness from other things. So I think um, it goes back to what we're saying about it's not money that's the problem; it's your love of it. And then you have people who are absolutely wealthy and have everything money can buy and are miserable and are completely happy and are depressed and are mean or just whatever the case may be. So again, it goes back to what is your mindset? You know, what are you deriving your worthiness from? What do you, what do you value? What, What do you love at your core? And then money being a tool for that, how you want to, to, to use it in your life. But I agree, you know, having money just gives you options and it opens doors and it makes you come from a place of you know being able to make decisions from a place of empowerment rather from a place of desperation so yeah absolutely 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 so one of the things that I run into and see a lot is um that uh you have someone who kind of lives in the now and doesn't face the future and isn't like saving or investing at the same time you know, and, and stuff like that. And, 
And then they get to like later in their life and they're like, oh my gosh, I really didn't plan properly. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I have on the opposite end, which is a little less common is people that are really, really, really intense about their savings and investments and stuff. But, but in all honesty, they don't allow themselves to enjoy themselves and live in the now too. So what I really aim to do is to help people be happy about their finances, be able to enjoy their life now, as well as building their future. And it's this abundance mindset of being able to do both things, because I usually find with most people that it's either one or the other. You don't find too many people that are making both of those things happen at the same time. You know, there's either a full, like a major sacrifice for now for later, or there's, um, uh, there's no sacrifice now for, or, uh, to then the have a sacrifice later, you know? And so what I want people to do, and the biggest thing that people really protest in general in life is like the lack of enjoyment. So it's kind of like, um, you know, when I talk to people, sometimes they'll give me excuses on why they can never save, you know, because they only make what they need and spend what they make, which is pretty much most people. Right. And they're like, well, I can either live like really enjoy myself because tomorrow is not guaranteed, you know, or I could, you know, sacrifice all these other things so that I can have my future. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I try to help people get over because I've noticed these, I've seen these thought processes so many times and it's amazing how prevalent it is really, truly. Yeah. And and what are some of those insights and tools for people to kind of get that balance of living in the now, but also saving. Like, I know like you help so many people get out of debt. I think that's a big hindrance for people. Sometimes people are like, well, I have so much debt. How can I save? I have so much debt. How can I be happy? So what are some of those insights to how people can get to that, that, that happy medium where it's I'm living in the now, but I'm also taking care of my finances for the future? Okay. So one of the, well, the, the first thing that we do really is we have, there's a conversation, right? And it's like, okay. I, and I did, I actually have a video on my YouTube channel, by the way, on all social media platforms, I'm the Zoe Abbott across the board. So I'm really easy to find like the Zoe Abbott on everything, IG, Facebook, Twitter, you know, um, YouTube. And I did my steps for getting out of debt. Right. And that really kind of, um, lays out everything. But one of the first things I talk about with people is like, listen, if you, if it, you know, debt was a solution to a problem that shouldn't have existed in the first place. If you had money, you wouldn't have gone into debt. Right. So in any financial advisor who's worth their salt, like worth listening to is going to tell you that you need to save and invest simultaneously, because if you don't invest and create that reserve account, you're going to continuously be in the same situation where you pay down your debt and then you go back into debt or you pay down a little bit and then you go back into debt because you don't, you still don't have money. Right. And so the trick is, is to get your mindset to a point where it's like, you're actually going to be focusing on both things at the same time. And some people have a problem with that because it's easy to just focus on one thing. Or the thing about debt is that it literally creates psychosis. It makes people psychotic, right? Because if you look at it, debt is like in the past, like you borrowed money for something that you, you paid for or bought or used to handle something that already happened. So your attention is fixed into the past, right? And if you notice anybody who has attention stuck in the past to whatever degree, it is a bit of psychosis, like not being able to be in the present and looking into the future. And so it causes that. So people don't, they hate it. They don't want it. They try to get rid of it. It bothers them a lot. And uh, 
the trick is though, is that if you think about it, if you can actually create into the future, create a legacy or start putting something there or flowing money, which is essentially energy into the future, what you're doing is actually creating sanity for yourself. You're creating your future, which is the definition of sanity. So if you can have like focus mainly on that while managing and eliminating debt, you actually have someone who's way happier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They solve their problems easier. They create more money. They do better. They feel good, you know, as opposed to only focusing on a negative thing, which is debt all the time, which is not fun. It's like slogging. And it's like, yeah. you know, I mean, obviously it feels good to get out of debt. You like the product and the results of being done with it. But the other thing that I tell people too, is like, of course you need to handle your debt and be responsible for it. Um, but what's the product of having gotten out of debt? You, you no longer have that number sitting there. It's not like it gave you any positive gain, you know, but if you were building some money at the same time, you'd actually be getting that much more like your net worth is growing the amount of money that you have and so forth, you know? So it's, it's such a better thing to have your main attention and focus on while at the same time is handling, you know, the fact of having debt. And, and that's what I try to, like, that's what I try to get people to see, you know, so that they can do both at the same time. And then really the trick is that pretty much almost everyone, it doesn't matter how much money they make. Cause I work with people that make seven figures a year, multiple six figures, mm-hmm. you know, also $40,000 or less. Like I have such a wide range of clients and they all have the same problems. They all make what they need, spend what they make and try to spend more than they make. Right. <laughs> like, you know, the, the guy who makes more money has nicer stuff, maybe more magnified problems sometimes and more debt, interestingly enough. Right. Yeah. So it's like, it's really, really interesting. So I, I mean, I really, honestly, I work with people to, to like pretty much get on top of that and then figure out like, the secret is really to put your investments as bills. They're like monthly bills, just like your electric or your, you know, cell phone bill or your mortgage or something. It just comes out every month and you just start on a gradient Mm -hmm. that you can do. And then you just get used to that. And then you increase it over time and you work out what that amount is that you're comfortable with that, you know, you'll do no matter what. And when I say no matter what, like if you're in between jobs, if you're sick, if you're not working, you're still going to keep to it. You know, like obviously you're going to do more, the more money that you have coming in and so forth, but you, you get a habit, you know, it's like, it's like the, I'm going to save or invest after I'm out of debt is literally almost the same as saying, I'm going to start my diet tomorrow. Like tomorrow never comes. Right. Right. So you got to start now and you got to get the habits going and it has got to be part of what you do you know, and that, and that's what I tell people like all the time. I'm like, it doesn't matter if it's $10 or $50, you just got to start just like you have to get up and brush your teeth every morning. It's not like you're like, okay, well tomorrow I'm going to start brushing my teeth. I'm like, no, it's a habit. It's a routine because you don't like get wealthy or rich overnight. Like it doesn't generally happen like that. I mean, kudos to the people who win the lottery or something, but (laughs) you know, like it it doesn't work like that. Just like, Mm you know, and I don't know if we were going to cover this in this podcast or another conversation, but you know, I lost like about 160 pounds the last two years. Yeah. But before we dive into that, um, I just wanted to, to quickly, uh, recap what you said, because I think you made some really great points. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I just want to make sure that we, uh, just give a little bit of a, a pause and, uh, and, and recap your, your points that you make. So I think they're really meaningful and it will help a lot of people. So, mm -hmm, so what I heard was, Yes, you want to be working on your debt 
while simultaneously saving and investing for your future. And a really good trick for that is to just bake in whatever you're saving towards, whatever you're investing in as just a part of your bills. So maybe whatever bills you have, like I have to pay X credit card, I have to pay the water bill, I have to pay the electricity bill, just make it a bill. Okay, I have to pay my savings bill and make Mm -hmm. it a manageable number for you. So something that you can manage monthly um, that you're gonna be able to pay no matter what, whether it's $10, $100, $1,000, whatever it is, make it manageable for you and then bake it in as a bill that you have. So that way you're able to simultaneously pay off your debt And you're also able to save and invest for the future. And then another thing that came up for me while you were, while you were talking, um, is also around the mindset of debt, because I think a lot of people, there's a lot of shame. There's a lot of embarrassment. There's a lot of guilt around Mm -hmm. being in debt, you know, whether you got in debt, because people get in debt for so many reasons. Sometimes there was like medical bills that came up and they didn't have the money. So they put it on a credit card or maybe someone has a shopping problem that they need to like deal with because there are such things like shopaholics or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And they need to get, you know, actual professional help to deal with that. There are some people who are starting a business and maybe they didn't have the right financing or the right financial support at the beginning. So they put it all in their credit card to get their business started. And now they're finding out maybe that wasn't the best thing to do. So now they have all this debt. So there's so many different reasons why people go into debt, but I think what debt does to people is it paralyzes them. It makes you feel stuck you know, exactly like you said, you feel stuck in the past, you feel some embarrassment, you feel some guilt around being in debt. Um, So I think really working around the mindset of self-forgiveness, you know, for whatever reason you found yourself in debt, whether it was because you just spent too much, rather because a life event came up for you, no matter what the reason was, forgive yourself, you know, you're Mm -hmm. in debt, forgive yourself, let it go. And then make that promise to yourself that this will never happen to me again. And I'm going to work every day, week, month to get out of it and prepare myself financially for the future. And I think that will be that mindset shift that, you know, you were talking about from living in the past to being in the present moment and then preparing for the future. But I think what the debt does, it's almost like a black cloud over us. We feel like we can't, sure. we can't get ahead, you know, and then we feel embarrassed or ashamed or guilty about our finances. But the mm-hmm. truth is a lot of people go into debt for different reasons. You're human. You did the best you could in the moment. Forgive yourself, let go of the guilt, and then, you know, go to someone like you and make that great financial plan to get everything in order so that you don't find yourself back in that situation. So I think you shared a lot of great insights on that. And yeah, I would absolutely love to talk about um, your your two-year journey where you lost over 150 pounds at first. Congratulations. I mean, I don't know if that's the right word, but but mm-hmm. wow, like I think that's to be commended and, and amazing. So yeah, I would love to hear about that journey. I think it could be helpful for a lot of people, especially when we talk about our health holistically. You know, we have financial wellness, we have physical wellness, we have um, uh, relationship wellness. Uh, you know, there's so many different aspects of our wellness holistically. So definitely how does, you know, health and finances play a part in that? And then, you know, what your journey was. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, um, thank you so much. And Mm -hmm. I agree with you. And, uh, you know, just as, uh, just like I was talking about building a wealth habit, like a savings Mm -hmm. investment habit, it's the same thing with losing weight. Like you're not going to lose 150 pounds overnight as much (laughs) as like, we all want that. Yes, It's literally, and people ask, what did you do? What's your secret? Blah, blah, blah. 
The fact is I did a lot of stuff, but the one thing that remains a constant on any of these things, getting wealthy, losing weight, getting whatever is constant, continual, disciplined application of routine workable activities or functions, right? So it's like, if, if, you know, you need to save or invest to build wealth, right. Or put away you like whatever the amount is, you're consistently doing it. It's not, it's not something that you, you got to do it daily or weekly or monthly or whatever it is that you're doing. Right. So with losing weight, it's the same thing. It's a daily, weekly activity. Like it is literally as routine as getting up out of bed and brushing your teeth, you know? And I think that's what a lot, they, everyone wants to know, like it, that there's some magic pill or there's some secret diet or whatever. And, and don't get me wrong. There are workable routines and diets and there are workable investment strategies. And, but the biggest hump is the mindset and then getting in a disciplined pattern or behavior, you know, everything else after that is really simple. It's just like learning some learning about or educating yourself on the things that work. Like when we talk about diet, it's like, there isn't really that many diets out there. That's going to be like eat refined sugar. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> right. you can pretty much get now there are studies that have shown that as long as you keep your calories low and you're expending more, you could eat Snickers bars and still lose weight as long as you weren't eating too many, but still that's not particularly healthy. We also know that the body needs more than that to be properly nourished. Right. right. So but, but like there's some rules and, and those rules are going to apply to everything. And investing is the same way too. You know, there, you need to like, the next step would be to like, learn about the type of investment vehicles that are out there and how to use them and, you know, and what fits for you and your strategy, because what you do is might be different than what someone, um, you know, who's in a different line of work or business would do. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, th- those are all kind of related. I would say, when I realized that I could apply this same laws and rules that I teach people on a daily basis uh, to become rich and wealthy or to handle their finances, when I realized I could use that exact same thing to myself on my health and weight loss, it was a game changer. Mm-hmm. And all I had to do was just start getting in a discipline routine. And then I had to get myself more educated about stuff. And then I realized I was like, wow, I tell people you should get a financial consultant or coach if you're not handling your finances or you, you, you have someone that might know more than you in this. And so I got myself a personal trainer and I've always had a coach or trainer throughout my entire, um, journey. And I think that's really important. And so it's the same thing. It's like, get yourself a financial coach that you work with, get yourself a personal trainer. You know, if, if you are not a trainer yourself, or if you feel like you could improve in some some way, I think it's the best investment you could possibly make. And then I looked at it and I was like, some, all these really successful business people, they all have mentors. You know, you meet any successful person at the top of their field. They, they have one or more mentors. They have people that they've reached out to that they've learned a lot from, you know, whether it's like people that are at the top of their game, multimillionaires and billionaires, they all have mentors, you know, or they've all, they're all major um, studiers of books and, and all sorts of stuff, or they've done masterminds and classes and, and are they, you know, they've really invested in self-development, you know? Um, and so I think that, you know, you could also look at that in terms of like wanting to be successful with money and finance or just really anything you want to be good at. It's, it's the, what you should be doing, you know? Yeah. And, and, and to that point, I definitely agree. What has been, you know, some of the top insights or lessons that you've learned from your mentors, either around you know, finances, mindset, or, or, you know, health 
weight loss journey? What are some of the the biggest lessons learned from um, some of your mentors? Biggest lessons are, oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> or maybe just like one. <laughs> I, I honestly think that probably the biggest thing that comes out at this very moment is um, being really, really attuned and aware of my mindset and where mm-hmm. I am emotionally. And um, I was just doing a training uh, for a bunch of uh, financial consultants and agents in California last night. Mm-hmm. And um, I brought up that I've really found a way to master, you know, my emotions and my mental state, um, or at least when I notice myself going off, I can self-correct a lot, mm-hmm. uh, which I wasn't able to do before. And there's a lot of reasons for that. I mean, I've had a lot of self-development. I've had a lot of counseling. I've had like all the experience that I've, you know, I have my religion, I have faith, you know, all that stuff that really helps all of that stuff. Um, but one of the things that I brought up is like, you know, I run into people that are, they feel like life is a constant struggle for survival, almost mm-hmm. like they're constantly fighting against barriers or they're feeling like down and emotional or bad or just lower, like, you know, bad emotions. And I said, you know, from my experience, anytime that I'm feeling those types of emotions, I'm actually not in enough action and I'm not being busy enough because when you are truly in action and you're operating at this high level of existence of just getting stuff done, like just being extremely productive, you don't even have time for those emotions. You know, they don't even come in because you're so busy. You're, you're so active, you know, and that is something that I've always found. It's like, um, I learned that pretty early on is like get into action. Like it just operate at an action level. There is no emotion at that level. Um, really good example of people or, or people that I feel like reach those states is like, if so, uh, an athlete on the field, you know, when they're not, when they're angry, but when they're just operating at, at this level where everything's just like, they're just, making those goals or they're making those shots and they're just, they're just in pure action. They're just literally there's, they're just doing, they're just executing. Right. Right. And if you can get to that level in life and what you're doing, or at least have time periods that that's what you're doing while you're working or you're getting something done, that is like an amazing place to be. And you can do that by just going into action, enough action and activity. Um, and I think that that's a great place to operate and you'll find that you don't have bad emotions. You don't have barriers, things go your way, you know, um, and you're much, you feel accomplished and people like to feel like they're getting things done and they're productive and they're being competent and they're achieving things and they're helping others. They don't like feeling like they're struggling all the time, hitting against walls, not getting things done. You know, it feels bad to be lazy and inactive and not you know, producing valuable products, you know? Right. And um, just to piggyback off of that, I think, yes, it's always great to be active and to be getting things done and to being productive and, you know, to move and to do things. But I think um, prior to that step, I think what really helps with people is um, getting some awareness and getting some clarity and also getting stillness. So I think mm-hmm. a, lot, a lot of times when people are in that place where, you know, they're not feeling motivated, they're not feeling good, 
or they're on the opposite side of that where they feel like I've been doing, 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 going, 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 but I feel like I'm a hamster on a hamster. Wheel. I've been doing all these things, but I'm not getting the results that I want. I still feel bad. You know, um, my relationship still aren't changing. My finances still aren't changing or whatever it is. So on either side of those, whether you're that person who's kind of more depressed and lethargic and unmotivated to do anything, or if you're that person who's like hyperactive, but not actually being productive, I think the core of that is to get still, you know, do some meditation, really connect back to your own intuition, your own inner guide, you know, journal, connect back to nature, you know, get a therapist or a counselor or someone who can talk you through it. And I think once you come from that place of, of stillness, then you get clarity, you get direction, you get discernment, you get that, that the level of inner peace. So then when you go to do your activities or your actions or whatever it is you're going to do, you're doing it from a place of inspired action. And when you do something from a place of inspired action, that's when you see the real results, whether it's in your relationships, whether it's in your finances, whether it's in your career, whether it's in your health, when you're when your action is motivated from a place of clarity and a place of peace and from a place of inner knowingness, that's when the miracles really show up in your life. And so I think it's really getting to that place. And like, I love what you said about athletes. That's so true where they're out there and they're, and they're doing and achieving and it and it, they make it look effortless, but they've done not just the physical, but they've done the mental game. Like when you talk to athletes, a lot of them do like visualization, you know, they see themselves making, you know, that winning shot. They see themselves, you know, going down, you know, the slopes or whatever, you know, whatever sport they're in, you know, they take that time to get clear because a lot of, um, a big part of being an athlete is that mindset. They have a different mindset from other athletes. You know, when you talk to people who are professionals, they, they see the game and they strategize and they feel it and they're really in their flow. And I think that's really what we're all trying to get to a place of where we're able to be still, we're able to have our own knowingness, our own self-worth. And then when we do act, we're acting from that place of inspired action so we can get into our flow. You know, like I know like Shonda Rhimes, like look at everything she's done. She's amazing. Producer, writer, director, all, you know, just has her own studio, everything. She just thinks so great. And she talks about how when she writes, she puts in her headphones and she's in a flow. So when you talk to a lot of people who are um, really at the top of their game, they talk about that. I think um, it's also called like the zone of genius where you're doing mm -hmm. something, but you're doing it just from this place of this different type of energy. So I totally right. agree with that. So you really want to get that mindset. You want to get that stillness. And then when you're out there being productive and doing things, it's rooted in that inspired action. So I, I love that you said that. And then- uh, Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And then also um, just to, we have a little bit more time together. So I had one more question. Well, I have two more questions yeah. for you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I love that you say that you should never shrink your goals or dreams to fit reality, but that you mm -hmm. should always increase reality to meet your goals and dreams. And I absolutely love that. So do you want to talk about that a little bit more? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I run into uh, with, you know, financial, just anyone who works in finance, whether it's like a mm -hmm. uh, financial gurus, some of them, or specifically people that are like more accounting and bookkeeping mindset, because the thing is that I found is like 95% of finance is actually just dealing with, um, 
the human emotion reaction and the mental stuff, because money is such a, it's such a weird area already. It's subject to impulses and urges and desires and all sorts of emotions and all that stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And I just find that, you know, people that are really good in accounting and stuff like that, they have very like logical mindsets. And so they're like, well, the numbers are this. And obviously if you make X, Y, Z and only this much, you can only spend this much, which of course there's, there's truth in that. Right. But people just don't operate like that. You know, they, they operate on like X quality levels, like, like people will go out and they'll make more money or their necessity levels will raise or, if they're happier and they're purposeful, they're going to throw themselves into projects that they can like turn into passions and they can make tons of money with and stuff like that. So it's not all just numbers. And I, and since I know, and I'm very familiar with the human element of finance, like, I feel like it really does help me work with people because I get it, you know? Um, and and so that the abundance thing and working with, it's much easier to help someone figure out how to make more money than to cut them back and tell them that they can't spend money. Now that obviously people, you know, have to like not be, you know, they need to apply whatever situation that they're in, you know, like they shouldn't be needlessly spending a wasteful or anything like that. But there's, there's a point where it's like, you know, sometimes I'll sit down with someone and they're like, well, I mean, like, I don't know. I can maybe save a little bit of money on groceries, you know, but, but it's like, it's much easier to get them to figure out how to make more money than be like, Oh, you can eat for $50 a week or something. And I've heard some yeah. financial gurus say stuff like that. And people hate that. And then they avoid financial people. Cause they feel like the financial person is going to tell them that they can't go to Starbucks and they have to eat for $50 a week. And then they're like, I'm not willing to do that you know? <laughs> so, yeah. and I'm not like that at all. Like I will never say that to anybody, <laughs> you know? And so, um, I think people like working with me because also, like I said, I don't have a judgmental approach. Like right. I like literally, I worked in counseling and I've counseled hundreds of people and I probably put in like 20,000 hours. And these people opened up to me. They told me all their deepest and darkest secrets and and, uh, and, uh, tra trauma and everything. So I, there's not one thing that I haven't heard or that would shock me or make me feel bad or differently about someone really, yeah. you know? So it's like, um, I, and I really could care. I care more about the person and how we're going to handle them and, and help them get where they want to be. Mm -hmm. I could care less, you know, what the circumstances were in terms of getting into debt. And I've had people come to me with all different things from medical bills to gambling, to plastic surgery, to, um, really wasteful spending. I don't care. Like that's not really, it's not really something that phases me at all, you know? So anyway, that's, that's just, that's really, you know, has a lot to do with why, why I've been successful working with people in their finances, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And then, and then to touch back on, you know, not shrinking your goals or dreams to fit your reality, but to increase reality to meet your goals and dreams, it kind of mm -hmm. goes back to um, what we we're talking about the athletes, like visualizing. So I yeah. think a lot of people who feel like, oh, I, maybe I don't have a lot of money. They only think about what is right in front of them rather than thinking about what could be for them or what their potentiality can be. So I think it's really good to get those people to kind of switch their mindsets from I'm poor, I don't have enough money to, 
okay, maybe this is what my current circumstance is, but it, that doesn't mean that my circumstance has to stay this way and then start sure. bigger for themselves. So maybe right now you can only afford an apartment, but let's think about how can we get you on the track to afford a house? You know, maybe right now you can only lease a car, but let's get you on the track to own your own vehicle or whatever it is. So I think it's really about shifting people's mindset from only thinking about the dollar amount that they actually have to thinking bigger for themselves and wanting bigger for themselves and then making decisions from that place of, I know that there's something bigger and better for me so that your goals become bigger and your dreams become bigger and you're creating the reality that you want based on what your goals and dreams are. You know, um, I think I heard somewhere, I forgot who said it, but you don't say, I can't afford that. You say, how can I afford that? And then when you sure. sort of shift that mindset, then you open yourself up to, let's figure out some ways on how I can, how I can afford my own home. How can I get out of debt? How can I send my child to college, you know, or whatever it is? Um, how can I invest more in my 401k? So I think I love that, you know, you really want to make your dreams and your goals you know, bigger and infinite and not just think about what you currently have. And then that's why you go to someone like you, you know, who is non-judgmental, you have the tools and the insights to say, okay, so maybe this is what your financial outlook looks like right now, but let's dream big. And then let's make that plan to get you from where you are to where you know that you're going to be and where you know that you deserve to be. So I think that's a really um, a great thing for people, you know, just really forgiving yourself for getting into debt for any reason, just it happened. You're not alone. It doesn't mean that you're a bad person. It just means you got into debt and that's it. Forgive yourself, move forward, make that plan, you know, go to someone like Zoe Abbott, get your finances yeah. in order, you know, dream big, um, really believe in your own worthiness and deservedness, you know, get that create inspired action, you know, meditate, journal, get your coach, get your mentor, connect back to nature, you know, whatever it is you need to do to get right within yourself and then move forward from that place and take that inspired action. So Zoe, thank you so much for being with us. And if you had um, just one last insight for anyone who's listening, if we get nothing else from our conversation, what's the one thing you want someone to take away? That the one thing that we have as human beings above all else, the thing that makes us so special and unique is that we can always decide anything we want about anything. Yeah. And that is the strongest power that we have is that ability to make a decision, to change your mind about something. Um, you can literally do a complete 180 on the direction if you're going in a bad direction immediately, you know, because you have the power of decision. And I think that you know, in anything that you want to change or do differently in your life, you, that is truth. And you just have to remind yourself what a powerful person you really are. And, um, and, and that's, that's really, that's really it because that's kind of behind everything, you know? Absolutely. I love that. The, the power of, of decision, the power of mm -hmm. your intention. I absolutely love that. Yeah. And Everything to connect with Zoe will be linked in the show notes, but do you just want to share with us again, um, where can we find you? Where can we follow you? Where can we uh, hire you and work with you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm the Zoe Abbott across the boards. Uh, that's uh, Z-O-E-A-B-B-O-T-T, -T, two B's, two T's. Um, I'm on Instagram, uh, Facebook. Uh, 
My website is www.thezoeabbott.com. Uh, my YouTube is the Zoe Abbott. Twitter is the Zoe Abbott. Um, my website, you can you can reach out to me. Uh, fill out a form and some of my team will reach out. You could reach out, you could work with me directly or anybody on my team. Uh, we do uh, do business across the country. So there really isn't any state that's off limits for us. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's the best way to reach me. I, I, I really pride myself on being uh, very accessible, you know, so um, I, and I love, I absolutely love what I do. And I'm very, very fortunate to have built myself the type of business and situation in my life where I really can live to work as opposed to work to live. So it's really passion for me. Mm. I love that. I love that. Thank you so much, Zoe. Zoe? Enjoy themselves and do what they want to do because they want to do it, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So thank you so much, Zoe. And for everyone listening, be sure to check her out across all of her platforms. And until next time, be well. Thank you so much for joining me and please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. And don't forget to share this podcast with a friend. Head over to Instagram and join me at Candy Washington. I can't wait to hear from you.